Welcome to NACA's American Dream Podcast, production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, making the American dream possible for homeowners all across the nation. With us today is NACA founder and CEO, Bruce Marks. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Tim. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's great to do this with you. Yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. I want to touch on, on something that is really at the core of NACA's foundation. Systemic racism has been a problem in this country for, for quite a long time, and you certainly can, can speak to that firsthand. Tell us a little bit about, about how that all figures into to NACA. So I think, you know, it's really awesome that now we're talking about systematic racism and we're talking about white privilege. So let me start with white privilege. So when I was growing up, grew up in a middle class environment, and, but it was predominantly white in, in the neighborhood. So, you know, I always, so it's always interesting that people in my neighborhood and the jobs I had, they got it through networks. So they got it through who they knew. And as I was growing up and I saw where people got their jobs, it wasn't because they were the, you know, the brightest or the smartest out there. It's because it was a network. And it was always, when you look at people who were not that talented, they went into marketing. And it's so, you know, you saw all these things, but, but you, know, you know, you saw what was going on and saying, well, you couldn't, like, not succeed. Because if, you know, there's always this, um, this place that you could go to get a job because of networks and who you knew, and that you could make a pretty good living out of that. But now when I was growing up, I also had the opportunity to meet and be good friends with a number of minority individuals who, because I, I um, grew, grew up in Westchester County outside of New York City, uh, and I grew up with people and I met people who were from the inner city of New York City. And, you know, very smart, much smarter than the people I knew, much smarter than, than myself, but, you know, didn't have the same opportunities I had. And so the, the contrast between the white privilege, which is just embedded in America, and the uh, disadvantages that smart, committed people had to go up against was just a stark contrast. And then that really became apparent in another context that uh, when I started working with the hotel workers in, in Boston, so Local 26 in Boston. So back then, and that was in the you know, mid-80s, and that union, Local 26, was a union that was really controlled by uh, the front of the house, by the white uh, workers who lived in Charleston and South Boston. They did uh, um, catering and um, uh, the front of the house kind of um, business. And they got all the privileges. And so they could eat in the cafeteria, they could do, you know, they got all the benefits, you know, the benefits. But if one was minority and was a woman particularly, and, and remember the majority of people that work in hotels live, work in the back of the house. So they're in stewarding and uh, house, housekeeping and those jobs, predominantly minority and women. They, they couldn't even eat in the cafeteria. They had to eat their lunches and their meals in the stairway. And this was in the mid-1980s. So the, so the new union com, comes in, uh, led by Dominic Pizzotto. And so 
he changed it. He changed it. So now people who were disenfranchised, disempowered, were in control. They were in control. But we'd have these union meetings every month. And what would happen is that, is that the new union, Dominic's union and you know, you know, minority and women, would be sitting in the chairs. Uh, and then outside would be the old union, you know, white, South Boston, Charleston. And it was the racial tension and c conflict. I mean, they would be singing on the outside, we'd be chanting. I mean, it was just, it was right there. It was just, you know, every month this uh, conflict was just uh, played itself out within the union hall. And so I think from both my um, you know, background, seeing right white privilege there, and then also seeing it within the union how you could take power and you can make a difference. And so that's sort of the context of um, the background of when I look at, uh, you know, you see systematic racism. And then if you look at going forward, saying, well, that respect for people who, who really have had to struggle and the opportunities that they didn't have, once people got those opportunities, they were the, the best people to work with. So I, I was really surprised to hear just now that this wasn't just a, a management versus labor situation, that there was actually conflict within the union itself? Oh, I, you know, when you look at a hotel, and, and it used to be, it's changed a little bit, you would, you would walk into a hotel and you'd think that the vast majority of the staff of a union was white. Because whether there's the bellman or, you know, the receptionist or those jobs or, you know, the ones that were very visible, you know, that was where it was segregated, really segregated. And then when you, uh, you know, go into where the vast majority of the people worked in the house, you know, cleaning the rooms, kitchen, stewarding, those types of jobs, overwhelmingly minority and lower paid and not represented by the old union. Now they were, the, now they were represented by the new union and then we um, you know, took it from there. So then you, know, you take that as a premise and then you say, well, okay, how, how do you build on that to really, to deal with systematic racism? And so when people talk about it, I think what NACA has done is that we have really been in the forefront of, of not just fighting that racism, but showing a model that should be, that's an extraordinary model of how you um, overcome those barriers. Because building NACA is, you know, we have a staff at all levels that is 94% minority at all levels. So that's from management to top management to mid-management to housing counselors to all the jobs. Because our membership is 88% minority. So when you have that, you want a membership, you want a staff that reflects the membership. And that's what we do because you say, well, it's it's not it's not affirmative action or anything like that. It's it makes 
sense. You know, so when, you know, one of the, the best compliments that uh, we get is when we do these events, you know, we do these massive, as you know, Tim, <laughs> you've been at all of them. <laughs> um, we do these massive events and we have thousands of uh, NACA members there. And then we have hundreds of our staff there. And you can't tell the difference. So when we're, when we're doing the individual counseling, you cannot tell the difference there because you want to have people who can relate to what's a, what a member is going through. So we've, we hire people from our membership because it, it's a demanding job. There is no question. But, you know, so when you work till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, you get up at 7 to start work, working at 8 and you do these four or five day events, you know, it's demanding. But people are so into it. So it is, you know, you know, it's more than a job. It's a mission. So who do you hire people to achieve that mission? You want people who have demonstrated, who know what it's like to be on the other side, then you bring them on this side. And, you know, so I go through, so when we hire people, we hire about 50 to 75 people now a month. So we're hiring a good amount of people. We have, when, when, when you apply for a job at NACA, uh, you have to answer 42 questions. 42 questions. I mean, it's not just sending in your resume, not just, uh, um, you, know, you know, a, a cover letter. It's 42 questions, and they're tough questions. You know, what caused the economic crisis in 2008? What kind of mortgages do you think are right for working people? Why are you the best fit, obviously? But these are, you know, you have to answer that. So, you know, I, I uh, you know, have to approve all of um, the finalists. And so I read their answers to uh, the questions and, and that. And to me, it's, it's, it's both good and bad because I look at the talent that's coming into NACA. And I'm saying that talent, yes, I, it's great that we can bring them aboard and work at NACA, but I also think, boy, this should be talent that is used, that they should have the opportunity in other places, moving up in corporate America, moving up in the government, moving up so you can see that racism as a barrier for unbelievably talented people who we're thrilled to have working for NACA. But we also, but they also say they should have had that opportunity to take their skills and utilize their skills and grow within other organizations. And then, you know, when you look at systematic racism and white privilege, well, I've had the opportunity to look and to s interact with people at high levels, at high levels of the banks and of other institutions. And I say, boy, there might be well-intentioned people, but not the most talented people. You know, our staff it works unbelievably hard and is unbelievably talented, and they should have those positions at these lending institutions. They should have these positions at high-level management at uh, the banks and other businesses across America. Because the contrast between our, our staff's talent and, the t and what you see on the other side is just, you know, we're f so they're, far, they're far more skilled. And they're, they're, they're far more, but they're, they're, they're far more committed 
but they might not actually fit into the corporate culture because you know the corporate culture is to move up you have to go along to get along and that's the corporate culture so if you speak out and you have other ideas that doesn't help you as you progress through corporate America or the government either so when you think about it with NACA yes you know you know with these meetings we have I mean people are passionate people speak up people voice their their opinion yeah people are disciplined in the end once we make a decision everybody's on board with that but we encourage that so we encourage people's personality come up but then I look at these CEOs of these banks or these um, uh, the top the um, top management and you go you just shake your head and you go how did they get there and that's white privilege because think about how you become uh, a high-level management person in a bank it's who you know that's that's crucial who's going to advocate for you that's crucial and it's usually someone you've known maybe from childhood or or early on in a year career who is bringing you along on that but then again they filter out people who have the best ideas because some of those best ideas when you do that well that steps on other people's toes so they be, they become controversial so they're filtered out so again you know people who are passionate you know and that's particularly true with it within the minority community who've been victimized by systematic racism gets filtered out so I mean I mean I love to uh, give the example of uh, Anjanette Dows. So uh, Anjanette is, I'll, I'll put her on the spot in this. So, so Anjanette, uh, uh, you know, was, um, uh, worked for Bank of America for uh, a long time. And not to say just Bank of America, but she, uh, yeah, because they're all like in the same that way. But she's un, she is un, unbelievably talented. But to work within that corporate structure you know they have this uh, for every step along the way you work as a group and you get a green belt and a yellow belt and a black belt and all this but it's how you work as a team right, right. but it, it really uh, discourages people to be outspoken so in Anjanette worked there did a very good job at uh, Bank of America and then we and then we uh, brought her on and we knew and, and Anjanette was talented but you know, but we could, it took her years for her, per, her true personality to come out. And once it came out uh, and she could say, boy, I could say these things, I could advocate, I could, I could, I could really fight the way I want to fight, she's become just a huge uh, success within NACA, an important person in our organization, but also a major person in the Houston area, you know, as a, you know, as a strong advocate, as an organizer, uh, and so, you know, sometimes corporate America stifles, and government stifles people's initiative. So, so systematic racism is really around a corp, around a, an organizational. A lot of systematic racism is around an organizational culture. So if you look at law enforcement, well, how do you get to get to be a cop? Well, it's who you know. It's from it's where you live. It's a it's that organizational culture that says we're just going to hire people like ourselves from the areas that we are comfortable where we live. And 
people that we are comfortable around. You know, that's a organizational culture, and that's why you see a lot of the, you know, police forces in the cities who don't reflect the community they're supposed to serve. And then you see in corporations, it's around organizational culture. And if the culture is, okay, people can speak up, people can give their opinion, yes, you have to be able to manage and everybody has to be on the same page, but you want to get the best ideas from, from uh, people. That's what we have at NACA. And that's why you don't look at, it's, you gotta be more than just hiring a few individuals because you say, okay, if I hire those few individuals who are minority, well, if the culture is not supportive of that and, this, and, the, and the culture is not open to addressing those issues, it's not gonna be very effective. Then you can say, okay, you can point to a few people and, you know, but that's not how you're gonna deal with systematic racism. So I think that's what you have to look at to deal with systematic racism. You have to deal with what kind of culture you're building uh, uh, and therefore uh, build that on that um, foundation. And that's what NACA does. And that's what NACA does. And that's why you know, you know, we have been so successful in hiring so many people who are unbelievably talented to very good jobs. And so we've, we really, you know, virtually only hire people who come from our membership. And has worked well and people can move up with, within the organization. And for me, the best way that I can manage, because I started NACA, as you know, 35 years ago, the best way that I can manage is I don't have an assistant. So it's the respect for the work that people do. So the, the ideas that I'm able to put in place and the policies I'm able to put in place come from all, virtually all the time, say all the time, from people who are doing the work. And that means that I've gotta be hands-on and you know, what, what um, you know, Dominic, um, Dominic Pizzato, head of the Hotel Workers Union, who was my mentor, what he says, if you don't respect the work, if, if you don't respect the work that people do, you don't respect the people who do the work. That's a great point, great, you know, I've, what you've been describing in, in great detail is what a lot of people commonly refer to as a good old boy system. Right. You know, and, it's, and it's amazing to see that it still survives in this day and age, but it, it, it's an incredible point of light to see that NACA does things differently that it does work on merit, that it takes these, these incredibly talented people, and Angie Annette is, is a perfect example. I've known her as well you know, since the, the days of our Save the Dream events right. and working with her. And you're absolutely right, she changed quite dramatically. She was trying to play that corporate game back in those days because she felt she had no option, and now she has, has blossomed into just an incredible human being in general, and she is so energetic and enthusiastic. You know, you, you've made some incredible points about, about how systemic racism still exists to this day and what NACA is doing, not only in terms of, of what we preach, but how we practice but, 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 to get away from it. But Tim, it goes, it, it, uh, it uh, goes beyond what NACA does in our staff. Because I have gotten, over many years, I've gotten a lot of calls and a lot of things from people who work in corporate America who work in the government and says, 
do you realize I have this job here because of the advocacy that NACA does? Do you realize that, you know, that you have, you know, by, by the advocacy that we do at NACA, you have protected and you have my job and you have created more opportunities for me. So it's not just what NACA does uh, with his own staff and the staffing, which, you know, I give so much credit to our staff. I mean, people work unbelievably hard. But you have to work at NACA because at NACA, it is, um, you have to have the passion for, for, for the job. So you, you have to have a warrior mentality. And that's what we have. If we have a warrior mentality that we're going to advocate for the individuals who are going through the process, and we're going to advocate for campaigns, whether it's um, voter participation or affordable home ownership or other economic justice issues, you got to have that, war that, that warrior mentality. And that's what we have at NACA. And that's why, you know, as good as we've been, as successful as we've been, uh, the best is yet to come, but that systematic racism. I mean, I, I hope that people look at NACA and they say, this is a model. This is a model of how you address systematic racism on scale in a massive way. So that's the standard that NACA is setting. That is just amazing. And it's, it's great to see NACA doing this. And it's, I'm proud to be a part of all of that. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about this fascinating history and, and how it's all come about. I know we've got a lot more to talk about in the future as well. Thank you again, Bruce Marks, founder and CEO of NACA, for being with us. And we're going to see you again real soon. Thank you, Tim. Really enjoyed it.